Welcome to the BMJ Podcast. I'm Duncan Jarvis, Multimedia Editor here. And this week I'll be travelling to Quebec City in Canada to go to the annual Preventing Overdiagnosis Conference. The conference is put together with a wide range of partners, including the BMJ, and aims to tackle some of the problems of too much medicine. To kick off our content for that conference, this week we've published an article looking at some of the drivers and hence the potential solutions for overdiagnosis. To discuss, I'm joined by on the line now by two of the authors of that paper, Fania Pathanrana and Ray Moynihan, both from Bond University Centre for Research in Evidence-Based Practice. Fania, hello. Hello. Andre, thanks for joining us. Hi, Duncan. Hey. Now, Ray, you've been um, involved in the Preventing Overdiagnosis Conference from the beginning. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So back in, uh, I think, 2012, a group of us around the world, including the editor-in-chief, the BMJ, Fiona Godley, uh, got together and decided that this problem of overdiagnosis needed more attention. It needed more scientific attention, it needed more public attention, and it needed more policy attention. And so with colleagues at Consumer Reports in the United States, which is a, a sort of mega citizen group, uh, people at the BMJ, people at Dartmouth in the US, uh, Dartmouth being one of the Ivy League universities there, people at Bond um, and various others, we, we hatched this plan for, for a new conference. The first one was held in 2013, and uh, we're now about to have our sixth uh, Preventing Overdiagnosis conference in Quebec. They've been extremely successful. Um, and they do cover a wide range of things, but this specifically is about the overdiagnosis part of the, the too much medicine problem, as it were. Yes, exactly, Duncan. It's about this problem of, to put it in a nutshell, too many people being diagnosed um, not you know the the primary problem we're interested in is is not the overuse of tests or medications. Um, it's the overuse of diagnostic labels, and there is a growing evidence base that has been for some time, but that evidence base is is rapidly growing, suggesting that this problem of overdiagnosis of too many people being diagnosed uh, happens ac- across many conditions. Uh, and so the conference uh, was designed as a place for people to come together and share that science and to start to talk about solutions. And, and the, the conferences are um, they're, they're, they're multidisciplinary, uh, they're fun, and they are very unusual in the world of medical conferences. There is not one cent of, of, of drug company uh, sponsorship. In fact, there's, there's really no sponsorship at all. Um, so it's, it's a sort of an experiment in a way, but it seems to be working. Yep. And um, listeners will be hearing a lot from there as I'll be covering, uh, chatting to a lot of people about this uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, But Tanya, Ray mentioned there, you know, there is a sort of growing literature around this. And you've been looking at that for this article. Um, And we'll go into what you found in there in a second. But I thought it was really interesting that... um, you say it's really been the last few years that we've actually been discussing overdiagnosis. Yes, um, we actually did a explicit search in the PubMed um, last year, around September 2016, and then again updated our search in 2017. So we uh, found about 36 articles 
uh, most of them were published around 2013 and then onwards and we saw there was a growing amount of uh, papers published uh, since 2013 and onwards. What's fascinating is that this idea of overdiagnosis has actually been around for several decades, but the um, I think the, the, the awareness of the problem is growing and also the research into that problem is growing. And so the number of articles being published in the medical literature is, is, has, has been growing exponentially since about 2013. Um, so now let's sort of delve into what you found when you, you had that sort of broad look across it. Um, now you split the drivers and the solutions into categories. So we've got cultural, um, health systems, industry, uh, professional and patient. Um, so could you give us a, a whistle-stop tour through all of those? After looking at the literature, and we were interested in literature that was explicitly talking about what's driving this problem and, 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 and how we might solve the problem. And so we ended up dividing our findings into the five categories you've mentioned, Duncan. In the culture category, it looked as if beliefs that more is better was one of the key drivers and this faith that we all have in early diagnosis. Within the health system, we have uh, financial incentives that are often driving more um, and, and, and driving more quantity rather than more quality. We have, of course, uh, big industrial and commercial players, and we have changes in technology that, that enable us to see smaller and smaller things. Then we have all the professionals who, as yet, are still trying to get their head around this problem of overdiagnosis and have this fear of missing disease and this fear of maybe being sued if they miss disease. And then, of course, the patients and the public right in the middle of all this who uh, sometimes uh, might tend to over-rely on tests and, and have a strong desire to, to, to try and know or to try and find out and, or to try and achieve certainty when, when in fact, uh, uncertainty is, is, uh, is the awkward reality of, of many medical decisions. Uh, so that's the sort of drivers. Uh, briefly, the solutions fit into the same categories. In the culture solution, it looks as if we really need much greater sort of awareness and information campaigns within the health system. There's a big call to start reforming incentives to, to start rewarding people and, 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 and hospitals and healthcare systems for quality, not quantity. Uh, we need much better regulation of promotion in the, in the industry space. Uh, professionals, there's a lot of talk about the need for um, education, new educational curricula for professionals. And, and, and in, in the public and patient domain, uh, a big push, a big call for shared decision-making there um, and, 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 a, and an acceptance that sometimes doing nothing might be the best option. So that's the whistle-stop tour. But the, the, there's a beautiful graphic in this article that, that we, uh, we put a lot of time into thinking about. Um, Thanya really, really was, uh, was pushing for us to, to include. And it's a, it's, it's a lovely summary of, of what's driving this problem of too much medicine and what might be the solutions. And we're really hoping that, that people might want to use this graphic in their own work, in their education, in their policy-making decisions to really start dis, uh, you know, making decisions about where to invest their energy if they want to address this problem. 
Yep. And I, I think people should go and read the paper and have a look at that graphic. And I'll put links uh, in the podcast text um, to make that easy for everyone. Um, if we just step back a little bit from, you know, the, the minutiae of what you found there, uh, it does seem like a lot of this is actually about the culture, you know, the um, uh, the sort of the technology and the, the, the various bits that you've identified within there. They're sort of enablers, but we needed this culture that allows, you know, the presence of overdiagnosis in the first place for, for this to come out. Um, and I a little while ago on the podcast, we had Jerome Hoffman um, talking to us about um, about overtreatment, and he put it down to what he thought about society's belief that almost death isn't actually inevitable. Um, and it seems like that fits in with, a, with your reading here. Uh, would you agree, Thania? Yeah, so even when we reviewed the literature, we saw that the cultural domain played a sort of a overarching sort of um, it was an overarching domain for all the other domains the health professionals the health system and the public so we thought um, it was one of the key things or the, the foundation that everything else sort of builds on upon mm. the quote from hoffman is 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 entirely appropriate here that that part of the issue is perhaps for the last few hundred years we've 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 as a culture as different societies and different cultures but but collectively perhaps we've developed this deep faith in medical science this deep love for medical science because it can produce so much uh so much extraordinary progress for for humankind we have treatments and tests that 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 together can you know, can extend our lives and can reduce suffering and extraordinary advances that we've seen in in our short lifetimes. But I think there is no doubt that 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 has made us a little bit too blind to the downsides of what healthcare does, to the downsides of medical tests and treatments. And, And I think that we're living in a time when we are learning more and more about the inevitable uh, downsides, the inevitable side effects and complications of what we're doing. And, and one of those uh, is that we've just been too enthusiastic uh, mm. for, for, for medicine and too enthusiastic to embrace diagnostic labels. And, and part of it is that, uh, is that, 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 that in a sense, medicine, uh, medical science holds out the promise of, of eliminating suffering, of eliminating decay, of eliminating disease, of eliminating death. And, and of course, this is, is an absurd dream. Um, and it, it's not really a dream, it's a nightmare because it's leading us to, to, to diagnose and to test and to treat way beyond what we need to do. And so I mm. think that the, 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 what others have called the medicalization of life is well underway and and is highly problematic and <clears throat> and people like Iona Heath, uh, many listeners will know her, the former president of the uh, College of General Practitioners in Britain, have been warning for some time that um, that an acceptance of the reality of human suffering uh, could well help us uh, deal with this problem of too much medicine. Mm. And I think it's interesting as well that I mean you mentioned there uh, a little about the sort of um, 
medicalization and you guys were looking at the medical literature um, because you have to constrain this in some way but outside of the medical literature literature um, in sociology and things people have been talking about this for a while um, Foucault was writing about this in the 70s when it came to to mental health and and things like that so um do you think it's time for, for doctors to really sort of expand their, their reading and, and look out um, and maybe have a think about epistemology, about how we create the knowledge that, that we use every day? Yes, definitely. I think um, like um, that, was, that was one of the limitations we discussed in our paper. Like We based this on um, medical literature and in a sort of a medical frame, uh, that was because most of the literature probably that has been published so far is within that frame as well. But we do acknowledge that strongly that uh, the next step would be to um, take this um, work forward in yeah, incorporating all those other fields which are related, like like the one you mentioned, the sociology and also the um, economic, economic aspects of um, overdiagnosis and overuse so I think it's high time that um, health um, health uh, professionals or doctors as you said um, are made aware or are being um, educated about these things so that they have a much broader uh, perspective of this problem not just a medical perspective but a more broader uh, social sociological and economical perspective of the problem yes Now, Ray, um, a lot of what we've done in the journal um, is cover problems. And, and in this article, um, we started to move on to solutions a little bit. Uh, and this year, the, the Overdiagnosis Conference is kind of trying to focus much more on that. Um, is that Was that explicit? Was that a, an aim of the conference? And, and did you want to sort of move us on to the, the next phase of this campaign? I think it's it's a sort of an, an inevitable human response, isn't it? When we when we learn about a problem, we we immediately want to start thinking about how to how to address it or how to fix it, and I think that's where we're up to in this in this uh, this whole kind of debate uh, and and response to the problem of of overdiagnosis. There's increasing interest in in not just understanding the problem but also trying to fix it, and and indeed that the 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 conference in Quebec has an explicit subtitle as being about moving towards global solutions. And, we, you know, at previous conferences, we've heard leading government figures talk about how they are going to try and transform their health systems to really start to address this problem and to try and wind back the problem of medical excess, too much medicine, too many diagnoses. But I just want to say that, you know, I think that, that the science of overdiagnosis is still very much in its infancy. We, we do have good evidence now. We have systematic review quality evidence that, that there are a range of conditions uh, where overdiagnosis is a serious problem. Prostate cancer, breast cancer, thyroid cancer, one could go on, not just cancer. This is a problem across many conditions. 
but we but there is still a lot to know about how widespread the problem is how many people are affected what the costs are um, and so while it's important to i think encourage and engender uh, debate about how to move forward i think that the the basic science if you will is only just beginning and so we're starting to see national governments invest in this in australia the national health and medical research council is investing in 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 science about overdiagnosis and i think other nations are probably doing similar things and certainly will continue to as they try to deal with the issue of sustainability of of their exploding health budgets Um, but but i think that so I just want to stress that point that while, yes, it's time to look at solutions, it's, it's also uh, time to keep investing in, in the science of the problem. Absolutely. Um, great. Well, you've been listening to Thania Patharana and Dre Moynihan discuss the drivers of overdiagnosis and some of the solutions. If you want to read more, their article, Overdiagnosis and Related Overviews, Mapping Drivers to Potential Solutions, is now available on bmj.com. Ray, Fanyu, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Duncan. And as I said, more will be coming from that conference in the next week or so, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed this, please do subscribe. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're in most places now. You can also find our full back catalogue there. It's almost 300 episodes, all available for free. So check that out. Thanks for listening.